0: Welcome to this evening's Orion Hour on Phoenix FM. We'll be talking scouting, transfers, olden, your questions and lots more. I'm Stephen Nussbaum and as always I'm joined by my good friend, South Stand Chum, bearded legend, the one and only Mr Paul Levy. Thank you
1: very much indeed. Fantastic welcome. Hello everybody, good evening. Welcome to tonight's show. This evening we're not alone. We are joined by two very, very special guests. Up first, Leighton Orient Chief Scout. Welcome to the show, Steve Foster.
2: Yeah, good evening Paul. Uh, Good evening Steve. Good evening Adam.
1: And the intro there for uh, Orient fan Adam Parks. Adam, welcome to the show.
2: Evening, all. So the
0: beauty of doing a live radio show is that if you're listening now live, you can interact with us. So if you're listening, have anything you want to say or any questions, please give us a tweet at the Orient Tower. So we'll begin this week by having a quick summary of what happened at the weekend against Oldham. And I'll start with you, Adam. At the game on Saturday?
3: Yeah, I was. So uh, I thought we... Uh, we... We played well um, in parts, but you know we kind of took our our foot off the neck, uh, as it were. And we started really well first 25 minutes, played the ball around really nicely considering the conditions were quite bad uh, with the wind. Um, But uh, what we've tended to do this season is let teams back in at the end of each half, and uh, you know to to lose them two goals straight away after taking the lead was climate us. To say the least, but second half again, strong in second half. We should have won the game, I think, on Saturday, to be fair.
1: Do you think that Oldham were there for the taking?
3: 100%. I think there's been a few teams we've played recently where, like I say, we haven't been quite as. Uh, we haven't gone for the kill. Um, and we've kind of sat back a little bit too much and uh, been a little bit too scared to go on. I think we could beat some of these teams by two or three goals and we end up drawing a game 1 0 or possibly losing 2-1 so I think um, we, we've got a lot lot to look positively at the game on Saturday especially the, the last you know 10 games I think we played quite well mm. um, but Saturday we should have won I think.
0: It's good to see Cissé get on the score sheet again Another a good performance from Cissé. It was a no
1: goal wasn't it? It was given us well, a no goal so he it was, it was so. on target come on. He'll claim it no doubt.
0: <laughs> Steve one of the questions we've got but we can ask it now is Cissé one of your findings or how did Cissé come around to get the attention of the club?
2: Uh, Cissé was someone I watched twice last season uh, when he was at MK Dons, Um, someone I liked. I knew he was out of contract uh, last summer. Um, It was obviously an area we wanted to strengthen in the summer. with everything that went on, obviously with Justin's passing, we sort of got little got, sort of got sidetracked a little bit, really. And he went to Gillingham in the summer. Um, I did actually get, to, even though he wasn't playing too much in Gillingham's first team, I did actually get to see him play in a checker trade uh, for Gillingham at Ipswich, and he put in another good performance. And he was just one sort of we just kept an eye on. Really, wasn't expecting him to be available. Um, and then we got a, I got an email that like Lind, uh, Lindsay receives loads of circulars from the EFL with clubs sending out circulars for friendlies and and players and every player is going to be available and all that. And uh, we actually, uh, Lindsay forwarded it on to me and I thought, well, I, you know, he's a good player. I spoke to Ross and Martin about it and they looked at his clips they I'm quite impressed with him. So uh, I spoke to Steve Evans um you spoke to Steve Evans yes yes he's, <laughs> it, Do you know what he's he, you know he he's done us a favor basically he he you know he was very very spoke very very highly of us and said you know he's been a bit unlucky um said what a good pro he's been while he's been at chillingham and uh yeah so it was good
0: so basically, Steve Foster has taken all the credit for UC, so right?
2: <laughs> no, I wouldn't go that far. Conceived. Against the team, against the team decision, we like, we do our homework as well. So Ross will speak to some of his contacts. Uh, I will speak to some of my contacts, and uh, all, all sidings are a team effort. To be fair, but that, that is something. That it went back. It went back to last season. I saw him against Carlisle. I might. I, I think I was actually watching someone else for Carlisle, and I also saw him. Early on in the season as well, I can't remember who I was against at the Stadium MK, and uh, so again, these as I say three good performances. So the consistency was there, and it's something that I felt we was missing. Yeah, that athleticism and present physical presence in the middle. So I
0: think you probably are most of the fan base Adam. I think Cisse is probably a player who we've all been crying out for.
3: You know, he's a he's a tall, dominating centre midfielder. He's good on the ball. He's calm. Um, he sits behind Clay and Bright or Clay and Mark, whoever whoever's playing in midfield, and he makes a massive difference, um, especially when we're under the cosh a little bit. Uh, but yeah, he's, he's definitely the player we've been waiting for. Um, he's not quite in the mould of a Vincelo or a Dawson, but at the same time, I don't think they were they were a bit shorter and a, a little bit less athletic than him.
1: They were more box to box, weren't they? I'd, I'd kind of liken him to Atangana, who's at. Mm. Uh, Exeter, I think now, um, that athlete, that tall, dominant, with the extra long legs that he can just, that extra yard that he gets, he can recover quite well. Very, very solid signing. I'm a big fan.
2: I must say, players like that don't come available very often either. No. So you have to be patient. You have to wait your time. You know, I watch a lot of under-23 football. I used to watch a lot of academy football and it's almost like they're producing Stepford footballers. Almost, they're all very similar. They're all technical. None of them haven't got that that grit and sometimes a little bit of aggressiveness and nastiness that you need. So, um, so yeah, you have to you have to you have to wait your time. So, because so, sometimes those players don't, don't, don't they don't become available.
1: So, when he went to Gillingham, did you think, oh, we've missed our chance here? Because um, obviously they're they're not, a higher league, obviously.
2: So, not really. because there was so much going on at the club at the time um justin did want to bring in two center midfielders last in in the summer uh josh Wright was his first choice which was you know he josh played his best football under under justin at gillingham mm. so you know you don't have no qualms about it. justin knew him better than anyone else mm. so th- there was no qualms about that um as i say what happened in between well, the tragedy and all that it it's just in a it, 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 it became sort of sidetracked mm. so
0: Another player who caught the headlines on Saturday, Danny Johnson. So we know Danny Johnson caught the eye of everyone when he was at Gateshead, scoring goals against Leighton Orient. Yeah. Did you watch Danny over the last year or so, were you ever asked to go there?
2: Uh, no, we didn't, we didn't get up to it, we knew a lot about him obviously, we watched him a lot when he was in the National League with Gateshead. Uh, he was one we wanted to sign that summer 2018, um, he was first on our list. Um, he decided to go to Motherwell to play in the Scottish Premier League, which you know, I suppose the prospect of playing at Celtic Park and Ibrox in front of 50,000 people was a lot more appealing than playing at Braintree and Boreham Wood. <laughs> yeah. In front of 500 <laughs> so people, yeah. You couldn't blame him. We were still a National League team then, so you know, you couldn't blame him for that decision. So we went we, we went down other avenues f- for that one. So.
0: A great team to see him get his first go Adam, in front of the south stand
3: at I, home i think he might be uh he's a fox in a box and i don't think we've probably played to his strengths as such you know with the games he has played um a bit strange to him outright um with wilkins starting through the middle especially with wilkinson stating and it's you know that's his favorite position um but yeah i mean that's what we really need is someone who's clinical in, in those like how many times have we had a, a scramble in the box in the last 18 to 24 months and mm. no one's really done anything with it and I think that's the kind of player we need who who's the kind of Gary Lineker like, of the league Two kind of uh, player mould that puts that ball in the in, in the net from five yards and not not panic um, which at times I've always have been quite guilty of I think this season
1: and anticipation as well that he's just there he was just hanging yeah, I mean, there at the back you, post. you look at a
3: replay from. Um, I don't know if it was only you guys who had the video. Um but you know there we go. Um <laughs> but the you know the, he was there and and the ball rebounded to him straight away back Bang. in it. And that's exactly what we need. Instinctive so, yeah. reactive. We're lucky
0: enough to run obviously a podcast account <clears throat> with loads of tweets up post matches. A lot of people still feel that Danny Johnson and Connor to a certain extent you won't see the best of them until they play in a 4-4-2. With service from both wings, which you could argue they're not getting at the moment. Do you think that
3: we are playing the right formation at the moment? Do I think we're playing the right formation? Yes. Uh do I think we're playing the right players in the formation? Probably not. Um I think our midfield personally, I'm not you know, I'm a supporter at the end of the day, but I think we can't play two in midfield at the moment, not with the players we've got. I just don't think um, you can't play C say in a two. That's the way I see it. He's got to play in the three. You let two players go. Um, that's my opinion. Uh, if we're gonna play a 442 you've got to have someone very, very mobile with someone who's very creative or at least box to box with them. Um, I don't think we've got that at the moment maybe Steve can
2: uh, (laughs) I'm not letting any secrets out I don't
3: know if Paul
0: is very hot on James Dayton yes at the moment yes one of your first names on the team he'd be my
1: very first name uh, very first name yeah well no after who's obviously and Lawrence Figueroa (laughs) and, and well yeah no um for me in the, in the, as an attacking option for me I am I'm, I'm a big fan of James Dayton. and I think I like the fact that he wants to run at players I think he, I like the fact that he wants to run at their full backs and put them under pressure make them make mistakes. We're not getting enough luck and we're not being clinical enough. You know, luck's not going our way particularly at times. We're not clinical in either box. So if you're not going to be clinical at the back, you've got to be clinical. You've got to be one or the other. You've either got to be stemming the goals. It's like the season when um, Ian Hendon, we had Jay Simpson on 20, 25 goals by by Christmas, but we couldn't stop a goal. And then Kevin Nolan took over and then we couldn't score a goal, but we weren't conceding. We were winning 1-0 rather than winning 3-2 Three-two sort of thing. It's, it, it go from famine to feast. So, I, I don't know. I'm not a football manager. I'm not a coach or anything. So, I don't really know what the exact answer is. But uh, you know, for me, James Dayton to be a bit more direct. I know Jordan gives us the options of of, of the crosses, but for me, I'm as much as I like Jordan. I I, I would prefer James Dayton over Jordan Maguire. Drew, and it worked against Mansfield. I'll have you know, because he came on. Well, he started and he scored.
0: You could argue that was poor goalkeeping, though. But I'll give don't you that care. one. So goes If you have Dayton and yep. you have Casey, yeah. Then who's next? Josh Wright.
1: There? Oh no, sorry, Craig Clay would be my next Oos and, and, he, and, and Craig Clay. The
0: last few games, yeah. I think Clay I think probably struggled at the beginning of the season as you could argue most of the team did.
1: He was probably but doing a job that is not his favorite thing to do, but now he's got Oos behind him, he can now go forward and be a nuisance up front.
0: Yeah, I think Clay's been a much sharper the last five to ten games you're seeing more of the clay of last, last season yeah. and the season before and clay to be fair i think came out in the football league paper a couple of weeks ago and said he's found it very difficult since the summer as most of those mm. players have so saturday we agreed that it's probably a point gained as opposed to two dropped or is it more two dropped two dropped two drops 100 percent.
1: yeah oldham oldham for me were there for the taking and we huffed and puffed them for me you know we, for those two goals that you shouldn't be conceding those goals, period. You know that's a that's poor. Um, that you know our their goalkeeper wasn't amazing, but we not If you don't test enough, you don't sh- We don't shoot enough. You don't test the goalkeeper. We scored a goal from a, a deflection. You know the Mansfield goal. We're not doing enough of that. So you're not creating your own luck in any way. And I just think we just need to be a little bit more ambitious about that side of things.
0: So just to finish an old I and mean, in a positive was Toru back, yeah. got about 25 minutes, looked lively and in Ross's post-match comments said that Mackenough's getting closest to coming back some quite good news on the injury front
1: Yeah, he, he said, I mean we didn't play it but but Dave Victor's um, interview um, Ross said he had about 18 out on the training ground on Wednesday and then about 22, 23 come, come the Friday, so people, although they weren't sort of full contact training but they were still out with the boys running around, the Jobys the, the Samlings uh, the Jamie is you know, there's still a way to go for their recovery, but nonetheless, it's a positive to have 20 odd people yeah. back out on the pitch, and and it gives you options, and it will push the other lads on because they can see the others returning, right?
3: Yeah, Royal Citerio, I think we've got such a talent there. I yeah. just, I really do, in a selfish way, and I really hope the club don't hate me for this, I don't want to sell him in the summer. Um, you know, someone's going to come in for him at some point, but I'd like to have a good season with him in the team. I think he's got so much energy, so much pace. He's skillful. Mm. he's tricky. Um, he can play in numerous positions. I said to, to Ross in Marbella in the summer, that we've got a player there because he played in centre midfield, he played at the left, he played up top in the, the game against Hull. You know, that, that kid's got something um, and we can definitely, you know, we, we'll definitely profit from him in the, in the long run, but I'd like to see us have him for a good year in the league.
1: There's a little bit of Bon about him and there's a little bit of coroma about him.
3: Yeah, he's got the finishing of, you know, he's got finishing.
2: He can um, finish, he's good, know, he's tenacious. He, he,
3: yeah, he's, he's, he's got, he's, he plays with a, a smile on his face. But he's got that anger, you know, the kind of anger that, you know, Coulson's kind of the same, but um, he he enjoys playing football and you can tell he gets on the pitch and he just loves it. And sometimes that's the simplest thing to to sell someone to do, but um, he's got something about him and I think he's definitely got a future eye up the league.
1: Yeah,
0: he's a greedy little player as well.
1: It's what you need, though.
3: But that's not a bad. That's not a bad thing. That's a good
0: thing. Sight
1: a golden shoot. We're not doing. I don't but personally I think don't think we're doing that He's a bit more
3: clinical than some of the greedier players that we've had in the past.
2: He's got uh, that hunger. He's, yeah. he's definitely got a hunger. Like I was saying about academy football, early on, it's something you can't coach. You can't coach hunger or desire, aggression, yeah. aggression. Yeah. Like that. And and Ruel has got that. When Ruel picks up the ball, his first thought is where was the goal? Yeah. And which is you know,
1: striker's instinct. Isn't exactly. It? Yeah.
2: Exactly. So. And uh, well, as I say, I want to keep hold of him as well because you know, cause to replace him would be an hard job. So, so Steve,
0: you go to loads of football matches yes. that we'll come on to, but yeah. are you seeing strikers of rules kind Canibra. of ability for his age, or would you say for his age? Of his
2: age, there are strikers out there. You but you're talking the very top. You're talking Cat One Premier League clubs. There are certain players out there who've got that finishing instinct. Um, and that quality as well uh, technically, technically they would be higher than Ruel but um, as I say the hunger wise they wouldn't have, they know Ruel would have the edge on them so um, there, the there are some well. but again there, there are some some clubs have got them not all clubs have though That's I it. mean I watched the game last Friday night I was at Watford Everton under 23s I don't think I saw a shot on target you know, it, was, oh, yeah, and it yeah. was a really, really poor poor game. Everton come out of it, um, with a very young side as well. Did Sam Dolby play? He come on. I mean, I mean, he's the top goal scorer in what, what for 23 and he was on the pinch, So he played about 15 minutes towards the end, I think.
0: So obviously, as a Chief Scout, you must go to a lot of football. How many games a week do you go to, and how do you decide what games you're going to? Because... Seeing some of the games you're out on Facebook, that wouldn't be my first choice of any games that I'd no. be games
2: There's um, <laughs> how many games? It, it varies from week to week. Um, I mean, this week because of the weather, been really poor. I've only done. I've only done. Well, I did a game on Saturday. I was at MK again, uh, and then I, I was at Billericay. Well, actually, first of all, I was at our reserve team game. B Cambridge at Newmarket. Tuesday lunchtime, and then I was at Billy Ricky in the evening. Um, there wasn't a lot, obviously because the weather and post post and the There wasn't a lot going on. But in December and January, alone with a with a window being open and in December and January, all the Christmas fixtures. I think I did 28 games in those two months. Wow, so it's a lot of football. There's, a lot of, there's football. a lot of football. You can get a bit footballed out sometimes, but.
0: And to go back to Tuesday really quickly we played Cambridge like you said lost yes. 2-1 but Louis Dennis yes, yes. scored a goal yes, quite a scored, good goal yes
2: he scored Um I thought he put in a good performance um, yeah and you know he showed the flashes of Louis that that wanted me to sign him so a talented talented boy
0: Adam I think we're all hoping that we see the Louis Dennis that Steve Foster has seen and that the, I think Ross alluded to him saying he was a, such a great player in that season, in our first season in the conference. We're all kind of hoping that that player returns for us, essentially.
3: You know, a club like Portsmouth are not going to um, invest money getting a player like that if he has no talent. Um, we, we saw it at Boringwood. That he, he, was it Boringwood? It was Boringwood. Wasn't it? Was it Bromley?
0: Bromley. Bromley, of course
3: it was a B. Um, No, he he was obviously a a talent and he he was uh, in the shoulders above a lot of players, Um, but the jury's out. Um, And I think, I really do hope he gets a run of games and I really hope he's he's fit and he can show the Orient fans what he can do. Because I think think the word fickle is probably a bit strong, but, you know, unless they see it in front of them, the Orient fans don't buy into players now. Um, the patience isn't there that they used to be you know um, we had the players like Gary Taylor Fletcher and Jamie Cure and Scowcroft come in who, who we thought were going to rip up trees All right, not youngsters but um, they seem to have got a lot more time proven than, yeah but a lot more time because of that than the, these players we've got now um, but Dennis definitely showed some flashes against Mansfield away uh, on the 20th of August he, he was a you know, he was really positive going forward, and I'd like to see that a bit more as well with this Orient side as a whole. Let alone Dennis, but you know, he he's definitely got something, and hopefully we can we can harness that and, and kind of cultivate
2: that. I think it's just avoiding these little nigg knocks, and niggles. Say getting a run of games, and we've all we've all first team players in League Two. It's finding consistency, and that's the trouble. You know, I think we've got quite a talented squad. But again, sometimes he's finding that level. Of, that's why they're league two players because they don't find that level of consistency. So you know we'll, we'll try and work that and find the magic formula. Yeah, so.
0: that's the aim, isn't it? Yeah, getting more consistent. So Paul has noticed probably so have I that you go to a lot of under twenty three games up north.
2: Up north, not n- not a lot, but you're every now, now and then, mm. then. Every now and then, I might. Well, I might sort of like. Have a double header. Watch a game in the day earlier on the day, and then a game in the evening, and then watch one coming back the day after. I think that was in December. I did about a f- f- few games. I was Huddersfield Liverpool, and then on the way back did Walsall Chelsea in the checker trade. So um, I don't. Yeah, I don't, I don't tend to venture north too much. Um,
1: but what would what would make you go to those games? I, have you got specific intel on a player that you're going to watch? Or that's is it just, yeah, just that's for your I'm, knowledge?
2: That, that's, uh, that, that's why I'm up to Huddersfield was, yeah, it was to look at a goalkeeper. OK. So, yeah.
1: But in general, you wouldn't go up there unless... You wouldn't go out of London unless there's really someone specific that someone said, oh, you've got to take a yeah. look at this kid or there this guy. I,
2: mean, I, just, I went up to Scotland last month, got a train up to Edinburgh... Um, to watch your striker who mm-hmm. pulled up with hamstring out 24 minutes. <laughs> <laughs>
1: At least you got the earlier train home. Um, you mentioned
0: Huddersfield goalkeeper obviously yes. Ross has since signed Lawrence Vigor. Yes. Did you know obviously that's based on Ross's knowing of him, yes. knowing his abilities from Swindon? But was Lawrence Vigourous someone that you knew of beforehand, and what were you on? Not really, sign?
2: not really. No. Um, as I say, it was Ross had worked with him, Martin had worked with him, so if they worked with him, you know. That's fair enough that's fair enough like likewise similar sort of thing what i said with justin working with josh Wright and playing his best football under him you know yeah. when, when a manager's when a manager or coach has that instinct about a player then you know that's fine that's what of right me
0: and obviously your working relationship with martin ling yes what's that like how does that work? that's oh, really Just good
2: to... really really good yeah I mean we work we see each other I go into the training ground on a Monday uh, and then we sort of like we have a, have a catch up over a Monday over of like the weekend's games and talk about the week ahead uh, we normally go back to the ground so spend Monday afternoon at the ground as well so sort of early evening and then Fridays as well so I normally go on a Friday and uh, same sort of thing as well so, so we catch up on you know, what games we've been to and Adam, I'm
0: just about to ask Steve how he's planning for next season. So while Steve can think about what he's going to answer in terms of next season, do you think it's realistic as Orient fans of us going, right, in the summer we really get four or five in and really have a push? Or do you think next season is still too early based on what we've seen this season to give it a push? Because, again, lots of Orient fans are going, right, this season is a season where we kind of just modify and we sustain. But I think there's quite a big expectation, maybe rightly or not so rightly so, that next season is a season where people were starting to go, right, we should really be challenging playoffs at a minimum. Is that realistic?
3: Um, I think when Kent and Nigel came in, it was quite clear it was a three to four year process of getting out of the National League. We got out there in the second year, thankfully. Um, So we're probably ahead of schedule. Next year, would it be disappointing that we're not flirting with the playoffs? Yes, I think I don't think our squad is is as bad as some uh, Twitterers would like to say. Um, I think it's to do with a lot of confidence and and being settled and having the right message coming down from from the head coach, which is now Ross um, and is going to be Ross. So get behind him. Um, with that. Uh, I would be disappointed if we weren't flirting with the playoffs next year. I think that would be progress. I don't think that would be unrealistic where we are now. If we didn't have that little spell around the Carl Fletcher uh, era um, where we, we lost a lot of games, then I think we would be comfortably mid table. We wouldn't even use the R word at any point. Ross had got the team playing quite well prior to that. Um, and we were, I think the difference we were talking earlier about letting silly goals in and not scoring before that that time we were actually we always looked like we were going to score and I thought we, we would get you know the, the odd two or three goals we might let a few in but we would score goals and then after that we were struggling and that's when we were losing games 1-0 or drawing one you know in the last minute as such yeah I, I think realistically it would be you know playoffs uh, or at least around the top 10 next year
0: So Steve, so planning for next season. No pressure. So we know Kent from our own podcast saying he was going to start asking Martin about what he's doing. He gave Martin two weeks off and Martin was Mm. back on, I think, last Monday where Kent says now we're talking about next season. So how are you going to find the players that are League One ready, which is a term that Kent has said quite a few times now, Yeah. so that in the summer we're making these signings and going, well... That is a, that is a signing and that is a, a statement of intent.
2: Yeah, but for, first of all, it's all very well saying <laughs> players you want League re- League One ready, but I'd be more concerned getting players who can get us out of League Two first of all. So like, likewise, when we first come in, we we had players like Craig, Josh Coulson, and they were players who could get us out of the National League. So and then like, and then you and then you reevaluate. Then um, if they can play in League One, all the better. Um, we've had a We had a recruitment meeting last week, so the positions uh, where Ross wants to strengthen have been highlighted um, something we haven't done before which is i think is a really good thing that we've got now player profiles like pla like, so position specific so ross will give you like a certain position and what he wants from that player and we will sort of just give an example of a certain player um very very positioned so which makes my job a lot easier to look for so I'm not, you know I'm, I'm not sort of barking up the wrong tree um, so yeah that meant that that helps a hell of a lot um, so, so yeah
0: so when he gives you this description of a player yeah do you think I've, I've seen you've got a notebook or you've got like records of players that you've watched well you didn't yeah. go through your notebook and go right he wants for example a left winger who's at pacey and who can yeah. cross the ball, so I'm going to go through my records and see if anyone... Yeah,
2: well, I will go through, I'll go through records. Names come up. Um, obviously, our other scouts, we, I, mean, I, I myself as well, we, put, we, we use a, a, a programme called Scout 7. So the scouts will put reports on the system, and um, so you can just search the name, and it'll come up It'll bring up a history of the games we've had and Watched um so I'll give reports on a certain player so that that's always a big thing it'll help us out
1: do you, other scouts do you work with other or not work with but when you're out and you know other scouts and they yeah. know you do you often exchange views or ideas or anything yeah. is it, or is you it quite a closed a shop because yeah, you don't want to give you, your you cards talk, away you
2: don't want to give too much information away um but as I say I, sp- I spoke to I spoke to MK about Oose. um and there's another player I've spoken to them as a player playing in non-league who I quite like, but he's gone off the boil a bit. And they've, the MK watched him a lot, and so they've, they haven't made a play for him either. So you do, you, you do sort of, you know, have a, you know, have a little chat, informal chat, at the game sometimes. Sometimes it helps you take the mind off the game you're watching because. <laughs> yeah. And there was, there was a game last. I was at a game last week, and. It was like, it, it was the, the tempo, especially in the second half, had completely died. And there's about half a dozen of us, and we're just general chit-chat about football. We forgot there was a game on, <laughs> honestly, you know, because nothing was going on. Mm. And, you know, but that's the thing, you still go to these games, you might not see a good game, or you might not see the play you want, but it's the information you get from networking with the other guys. Yeah. So it's still worth being seen and getting out to those games. For for that you know, I've got some really good information about one particular club uh, for some summer business. So so yeah, so it's just you know it's just getting that information. Yeah. Sometimes you might not get you know what what you go what your main intention is going for, you might not get, but you know you you pick someone else up instead.
0: Or you might see a player who isn't even on your radar. And goes yeah, radar. that
2: that happens. That happens a lot. That does happen a lot. Um, I mean, prime example is Craig Clay. I was working for Norwich at the time, and I was watching Grimsby for the striker I had, Omer Bogle, mm-hmm. oh, yeah. and I just made notes, I, I always take notes on my players, players who impressed me as well, and uh, Craig, was, Craig. Craig Craig impressed me quite a lot, yeah, so, and, it, and I watched Grimsby a couple more times that season, and again, Craig come up in my notes quite, quite, quite a bit, and then when we went, he was looking for a midfielder, and then an agent mentioned Craig to me. We wanted to come back down from South from Motherwell, and I looked back at me notes, and it was just, again, it was like quite an easy one to do. So fantastic.
1: And you mentioned tech, a, bit, a piece of software that you used earlier. Something that I sort of made a note of. I, on my way here, I was listening to a podcast called The Price of Football. Yeah. Um, in the episode that I happened to be listening to, it was pure coincidence that they were talking about scouting, and they had the guy that uh, found it. He was a scout. Uh, a development coach, and he founded Ice Scout. Yeah. Um, in terms of um, tech, how has that helped make your job easy? I mean, he was a little bit negative towards the scouting community in general because he felt that it's pointless you guys going to sit in in a stadium and watching them when it's all able to be technically videoed and you can watch off there. But I guess you
2: don't. Yeah. But the thing is, like I just said, you don't. You know, you don't get that networking with the other guys. Mm. Um, we don't just send scouts to a game willy nilly. Like he was, he was. I mean, because I listened to that podcast as well, and he was pretty much saying, oh scouts just go go at games to, to build up their 40, build up their expenses, get their forty pay miles in," mm. and that. Mm-hmm. which is couldn't be further from the truth. Because yeah. at the end of the day, you know, we want you know, you've got go to go. You have to have a target. Mm. You have to have a target. Under twenty three football is a little bit different because you know you, you, you want to be seeing you know you, you might be seeing something you haven't seen before so um but again you've got so many scouts i mean you, you go to spurs on a monday night and there's normally spurs under 23 at a Steven. it's just normally 40 50 scouts there
0: from league is it all league league, 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 one, league,
2: league, league two league, league, so premier league as well championship scottish clubs We'll Almost makes it pointless to go. Then is that what you're saying? So, so yeah, so yeah. There's no, uh, you know, I said there has to be a target. You know, I don't, don't want to. I mean, I wouldn't, wa- I wouldn't waste the petrol. I wouldn't put the miles in my car just f- for the sake of going to a game for the sake mm. of it. It's just, you know, because you know it defeats the object. You know.
1: So, so how is tech helping you guys? Because you've does. got a scouting network. Yeah,
2: yeah. We, we, as I say, we've got. We use three platforms. Scout Sevens one, which will a lot of the reports. Are done on uh, Y Scout, which is uh, very very popular, which is more what the analysts use to watch games and watch previous oppositions as well. We don't obviously we still do opposition reports, but Joe our analyst and Charlie they will go over games as well.
1: Hmm. And we had a guy at Orient who was an analyst who went to Y Scout, if I remember rightly, I can't remember Matt what his Hunter, name was. Yeah. Matt Hunter, yeah. I so it. Yeah.
2: so um, yeah, and then we use another platform called Transfer Room which is really, really good as well. What does that do? It's like um, all clubs go in there and like, so many clubs subscribe to it, and they, like they put which players they're gonna be making available for loan or or, or, or for transfer, um, and then other clubs will contact you about a player, a certain player. Um, three times a year, I think it's three times a year, they have a, they have a thing, they call it a transfer summit, where have a meeting and uh, and basically, it's like speed dating <laughs> with meetings with other clubs. Right. And you, you turn they had one in London, one in, they had one in uh, Madrid in November, and the next one's in Barcelona next month. And you just basically you go down and you have meetings with you pick, you pick and choose your meetings with a club. Like you can have like 15, 20-minute meetings throughout the day, and it's excellent. And there's not many lower league clubs that use it, which is I find well, they use it, but they won't, you know. They won't sort of like they won't go to Madrid. Like I've been to Madrid. I've been to Barcelona, and for the sake of the the, the expenses, the flights are cheap as any, cheap as chips. So you go over there, and if that means we get a player yeah, on loan for half a season, it's paid, you know it's paid it's paid for itself. And there's like myself, Bristol Rovers. There's not many clubs that use it, and we've got a pick with Wolves. You know I had meetings with Wolves, like Everton, um, Spurs. <laughs> you know so I. It, it's all loan, all the all the loan managers, and it's, it's it's good information. They'll tell you what lads might not be getting new contracts at the end of the season, as well.
0: Dare I say, it, a certain ex or rent manager might be there. Then, if it's loan managers, a Bournemouth loan manager <laughs> who we won't name on the on the on the uh, on the radio him, show. So you can,
2: you can, uh, uh, I, that's how I met Cole. Actually. Is it? Yeah. So I met. I met so Cole. you, you well, knew him before he came pool. to yeah. the club. Yeah. And. Uh, didn't work out for him, unfortunately. But I say I, I mean I got on well with him beforehand. I've seen him at games since. Um, am sure you have seen him anymore, Yeah. Yeah. It he, he, he was, he was fine with me. I think you know. I think the first two or three weeks might have been tough for him to take him, but he, I think he's sort of getting over it and you know he's back to normal now. Yeah. But okay. I said no, I've not got a bad word to say about him so.
1: In terms of sort of staying on the sort of analytical side of things, uh, we had a, a question that came in um, on one of the forums that says, "Do we use any analytical data in conjunction with watching players to validate whether or not they would improve the team? How sort of granular do you go?"
2: Not in. Joe will probably look into things like that. Um, we are. We're, we're trying to. S- we're trying to look into things now. In so, so in, in, looking forward, you know, is probably to. I don't want to say not, not, we want to, make, you want to make less mistakes, so we'll probably take on more information on balls. So like you might we might look at things, you know, how many points did the team win without that player in the side, and how many points, you know, valuable how how valuable was he to him when he was in the side, things like that. You know, that we can look in. We can look into that. Um I say, yeah, moving forward, we, you know, it's it's we want to have everything detailed properly, and and so like you know, we can say we can say we can show to the board this is why we want this player. Yeah. And uh, just get as much good information on there or bad information to be you know, there, there'll be there'll be factors when they, you, we'll be looking at other things as well. Like you know, like into a player's like social media activity and things like that.
1: Because it's about the personality as well, yeah, isn't it? It's about the personality. It's
2: you they're know, going to fit the dressing not, room. At the end of the day, you know, it's all very well saying, though, that he's, he's a good player, he's a good player. But if he's on social media to the early hours of the morning, you know, is, you know, is he sleeping right and things like that? Is he looking after himself? Is, he, look? Yeah. is, he, li- is he living like a pro away from the game? Um, so, yeah, and I'll like, say... There's a human nature, the human aspects that you deal with.
0: So You mentioned social media. Just to come back to social media, well, in a loose tie-up, Brendan Shabani uh, owns a very successful social media enterprise, Rising borders. Obviously, Brendan plays for Orient, um, but his enterprise tracks young talent and unsigned talent. Could we tap into that, or do you not really think that's the right way to go?
2: Um... I, I follow that on Instagram myself, and I see a lot of the players there. It's it's something we, we could probably perhaps look into. Maybe um, I know they've got their own team now, and they go out and play play teams. I think there could be like the freestyler element to it, like the street ballers. Yeah. So whether you could take them out of that environment and put them into a league two environment, I don't know. Um, i say they've got the team now, it could be an idea maybe to have a reserve team game or something against them, uh, but in the the future, I don't know, but that's just, that's the way I would see it. When I see the clips, I see lots of little tricks, fancy tricks, Um, and sometimes, you know. It's
1: not necessarily what you want in a League Two game if you're 1-0 down. Exactly, Yeah. yeah.
2: Especially if you've got a six foot three centre half who's going to kick lumps yep. out of you for pulling one foot pulling one foot on him earlier on.
1: So there might be something in it, but there's there could be something in it. Yeah,
2: there could be something in it, but it's not something that's been spoken about before. Okay. Yeah,
3: Steve. In regards to the Kazai Sterling um, transfer, uh, yeah.
2: and
3: obviously with George Marsh being on loan as well, it seems like we're building a a nice little relationship with Spurs. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Ross being there as well in the past is probably going to help that. Um, is there no scope to kind of like uh, build more relationships with the Premier League clubs, like Liverpool, when they use our ground to train on, etc., for possible you know loans in the future?
2: Um, there could be. We had a, an offer from a Premier League club earlier on. Funny enough, when I was back in Madrid, a guy from a Premier League club came up came to me and pretty much offered us a goalkeeper, um, but it wasn't for us at the time. Obviously, he was unproven. We wanted someone proven. Um, so yeah, and and they've wanted to use that. Uh, they wanted to mm-hmm. use uh, the ground before for training. When they've been playing in London before, they've wanted to use the ground before. But we we haven't really taken it any further. Um, but they could. I think there could be um, in the long run, But I'll say the Spurs won well at the moment. It's just one step at a time. I think is a is a good one to do. You
1: have to build the relationship slowly <laughs> exactly, and carefully, yeah, right? Exactly. They want to know that you're looking after their players. We've got George already, yeah. so.
2: Well, Paul Brush. I think Paul Brush. It's not like really. They don't have a loans manager. But Paul Brush is an academy coach at, at Spurs, and I've seen a lot of games when he's normally following players. And I think he's been watched George a few times this season. So, and George is a great. I mean, they can't. George has come into it with the right attitude, the right mentality. Even though he wasn't getting minutes at the start of his loan, he was patient, bided his time. Um, he's put in some good, really good performances mm. He's good, good very you know, good player Very like, great attitude just the right men- the sort of mentality you want yeah. from a Premier League lad
0: so we've got just shy of about 20 minutes left so let's ask some listener questions so we're lucky enough to have some questions coming from the forum uh, one that says not all signings work out Dal Gorman and James Alabi this season have left us alone are there any players and you can mention Gorman Alabi or whoever who you've looked at and gone this is a player and, you've, and they've signed and for one reason or another it hasn't worked out.
2: Well, James hasn't worked out, has he? Yeah. Um, again, he's one. I was playing, as well as working for Norwich and um, he was playing with Chester. I was actually watching a centre-half at Chester Quest called Sam Hughes. Norwich were quite interested in him. Um, both times I saw him. He, you know, they, they, Chester got... Stuff they lost, I think they lost one game 4 1. James scored and they lost 5 2 at Sutton, last game of the season. And it was 5 0 down with 10 minutes to go. And James, as he did, you know, he, he, he's relentless and he was like, he got two goals the last 10 minutes. So it was 5 0 down, but he was still chasing down defenders, pressuring the goalkeeper, and he got two goals out of it. So that, that just that stayed with me when I went to, went to Orient and we were looking for a striker. Um, I thought, yeah, you know, he's he's got something. I've seen him score three goals that season. looks looked looked at all his clips. He finished the season with about twenty-four goals, so you know he's definitely got something. He's gonna he's gonna be an asset in this league for us. We didn't actually sign him. He went to Tremere in the end. Um, again, I think it was more to do with the fact that the takeover was done too late, so we missed out on a lot of players we perhaps could have got. Um, so yeah, so James he went to Tramere. didn't quite happen from where He went on loan at Dover, where he was watched again by um, two of our scouts, and again come back as and uh, he had everything tick tick the right boxes for his athleticism, his pace, his strength, and he come in and build in. He got that goal against Southampton pre-season, didn't he? Took his goal. goal! Took his goal really well, and think yeah, if you do think, oh that's all oh, this is done. No, this this is good. And um, for some reason, it just, just didn't happen for him.
0: Adam, as a fan, it, it's quite hard not... To, even though it never happened for him on the pitch, I find it quite hard not
3: to like James Alabi, even though I shouldn't really. We've got um, a history of liking players that try.
0: Jabbo.
1: <laughs>
3: um, Jabbo, you know, we still love Jabbo, right? A prodigal uh, son. <laughs> but, you know, it comes back to what Steve was saying about the personality of the player that comes into a squad. Now, it's not necessarily a player that's going to lead the line the whole of the season but you know you've got to have 22 23 players that will pull in the same direction and sometimes and I've played you know team sports where not necessarily the, the the best player in the team pushes that team forward but it's the players with the personalities that kind of get the team going and now you know in cricket, it might be the number 10, 11 batsman. It might, in football, it might be a guy who ends up playing left back that really isn't the best player in the team, but for whatever reason, they're the ones that really make them thrive. And I think, you know, there were some players last season that really, really helped the team push on. And to have those professionals that weren't on the bench every week, you know, he deserves every, every chant that he got. Um, you know, sometimes it got vitriolic this season, which I don't think is fair, but. You know, you know, good luck to him, and I really hope he, he, he mm. does kick on from here. Yeah. Yeah,
2: I'll, I'll tell you one thing about James as well. Especially from National League clubs, we've had more inquiries about James than any other player. From the
1: National League? From National League, from National League clubs, yeah.
2: Because wow. they, you know, they, 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 they've all seen the same things that we've seen. They probably see his goal against Grimsby as well. So they, they, they all think, well, he's got some in his locker. Just, just about unlocking that talent
0: and and he's still relatively young isn't he i think he's, he's 24,
2: 24 24 25 yeah um i say he's a great he's a great lad a great character he hasn't been one moment's problem to us so, so just a shame it's not we've not been just, able yeah, to unlock that potential yeah, it's, it's, yeah just that yeah haven't we haven't you know yeah found that, you know unlock that potential i suppose it's hard for him as well maybe he can look at it last season and he, he couldn't get hit the right ground running because McCauley never got injured or didn't it? And McCauley, Well, once McCauley it, it and
0: Caroma just, were on it, it was going to be very hard to dislodge either because of yeah, the form they were showing.
2: Exactly. So, so that that doesn't help. And when he does get his opportunity, sometimes he's probably trying too hard. The pressure's mm. on him to perform because he wants to keep yeah, his place. Agree. So it, it, it's, you know, it's one of those things. You know, at the end of the day. He's got from the last two seasons or prior to this season, he's got a league title medal and a playoff winners medal. And that's why clubs will come that's why our clubs will think, well, oh, you know, he must you know, he's been involved in that sort of environment.
1: So he's got that mentality that they yeah. need. Yeah, absolutely. And they'll see his goal clips and, and, and they'll see something. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Good for him. Um one of the, I mean, we we had quite a few in and we, we're a little bit short of time now, so ju- just a, sh- a few of what we've got. We've only had one recognised left back for the past three seasons in Joe Widdison, but we've now converted James Brophy. Yeah. To so that any reason why we've not gone out that and was, recruited in that spot?
2: First season, we brought in Nathan Avila.
1: Yeah. From, from Palace,
2: uh, yeah, from Wingate and Finchley. Is he in Canada now? Sorry, Wingate. Yeah. Is yes, he's playing he's in Canada. In Canada, Canada right? he's, got, he's, got, he's just Yeah, he's just signed a new deal. he's actually gone back out there to play out there this summer as well. Wow. Um, I play Nathan. I still, I still keep in contact. Sorry, with Sorry, yeah, so. the young lad. Yeah, sorry, yeah, wrong, wrong person. Was, Nathan was one I used to watch at West Ham when he was a youngster. Talent, um, again, talented boy, uh, we had him in on a short-term deal um, for the following season. Uh, Justin thought you know he'd rather use the money for a left back somewhere else in the squad so so like use that you use that way use that wage to get in a better quality player elsewhere
0: talking of left back Shadrach you think there's a player well he's doing very well at Dover I mean he's what 17 he's 18 now 18 but doing well at, at Dover
2: uh, yeah, he's, he's doing well. He's, he's he's learning. It's a great loan for him to be 18 years old playing first team football every week in the National League. He's more of a left sided centre back. Um, he's quite tall, isn't he? Yeah, he's six foot two, six three. Um, very very athletic, looking strong, um, but he's lightning quick as well. So I think you can probably a lot of people see a career for him as a left back as well. So it'll be interesting to see where he does settle. Hmm.
0: And I guess under Andy Hessenthaler, he's going to have to perform, or he'll be out of that team pretty quickly.
2: Um, You presume so? Yeah, he's going to be. You know, he wants to win football matches. So if you're going to cost him games and goals, then you'll be. You know, you find your way out. Yeah, but doing well. He's learning that. He's learning learning hard way. I saw. I saw him come on as sub. The other week against Barrow. And he come on about the 77th minute, I think. In the 81st minute, he's given a penalty away. <laughs> Been a bit clumsy, and uh, but he's actually in the 88th minute. He's picked the ball up just inside his half. He's run the length of the pitch. Made up for it. Uh, put a great, and he's gone in the box. Put a squid a lovely ball in, and they've got got. I can't remember if it's the equaliser or the winner, but you know, he's got that. You know, he was so pleased. I spoke to him afterwards. He was so chuffed, like, you know. So.
0: We had a question about the scouting that works and how extensive is it? So can you just tell us who is in the team? Like who, what and our, up
2: Yeah, the team, yeah. Um, I think last time I spoke to you guys, it's just a little bit different now. We've got uh, the ex-pro, Rutter Dryden. He used to do, he used to play in the Premier League for Southampton. Played was also at Birmingham and Exeter. Um, he does like the Midlands covers Midlands, he can go up to the north-west as well and he does a lot down the south-west as well. He can, you know, he's very, very good. Um, Lee Steele. Oh, really? Yeah, he's doing a bit. Martin Steele. brought him in. Oh, very yeah. good. So, Lee, Lee, covers the nor- Lee covers the north-west and can, cause he's based in Liverpool still, so so he can get up to Morecambe and Carlo for opposition mm-hmm. reports. I've um, got for L- 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 Les Smith, who does the south-west for us. Um, and then... Nick Robertson, also, who's a, a young lad who's just come and joined up recently, and he's the uh, he's based in the south west London, so it's quite easy for him to get down to that neck of the woods rather than having to drive across London to get somewhere.
1: And he can probably do Southampton that and corridor, Portsmouth that, that corridor, Southampton,
2: quite easily. Yeah. Yeah. Th- yeah, things like that. And then Danny Crow as well, uh, who used to play for Martin, at, and he played with Justin at Newport, played for Martin at Cambridge. So Crowley does lots sort of East Anglia on the East Midlands.
3: He
2: used to be a striker at Peterborough, right? He did, yes, yeah. he did. His memory.
3: Friday yeah. was the documentary with. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, I know which one it was. Yeah,
0: but yeah. I was <laughs> so geographically, very We're well covered. covered over the country, and it's That's quite, right, a, it's yeah. quite a big, quite a big network. Probably more than what people realise. So I'm glad we asked that question. One more listener question.
1: Yeah, w- we lose a fair few players to Premier League clubs, as you know the PFCC is heavily weighted towards the bigger club. Is there any appetite for EFL clubs to fight back for a bigger share of the pie when we're selling players? Oh, the old EPPP. EPPP, sorry, yeah.
2: Yeah. That definitely works in favour of the Premier League clubs. Um, Yeah, it does. Um, There's no way of swinging it back in the I I can No, I mean, I can't see it. They they, they dictate how things work and... um, it's not up to the clubs. It's up to the, it should be up to the FA to, to to be a bit stronger and stand against the Premier League.
3: But they're not, are they? No, no, no
2: they no. don't. Um, don't upset you. Them. Can, you can understand why. I mean, I I worked in Brentford's academy, um, and to some extent, you can understand why clubs feel like, oh, what's the point of us producing players if they're gonna get taken off us for peanuts? But that Brentford academy was very very successful and
1: they've got an interesting model haven't they of how they scout players
2: they have yeah they have why um, is it not
1: more widely adopted is it not particularly successful generally
2: oh it's successful for them yeah it's very successful for them as you can tell by the league position i mean i know they lost the other night but they make a lot of money out of transfers bringing players in selling them on obviously like like Neil Marpe, Um they have that, obviously they've got that model, it, it went, I think, first of all, when they when they first lost Mark Warburton, I think they probably went too far the other way, and it wasn't until Dean Smith came in and Andy Scott went there as <coughs> head of recruitment, <coughs> that I think it was a bit more balanced, and I, I think it's probably where it is now, I think where they, they still use the sats, but they still scout as well, <laughs> so...
0: So thanks for everyone's questions uh, for Steve. Apologies if we haven't managed to ask yours, but I think we've covered broadly. most of what was uh, asked. So for the last six minutes, for Screen Rovers on Saturday, Adam, the home game was quite entertaining. We owe him one, don't we? We absolutely <laughs> do. I think most Orient fans now really want to see a
1: win on Saturday to put one over. Or Mark Cooper. How, I many,
3: how many games they won? One since they beat us. I well, think like interestingly,
1: you game. bring that up because I did some <laughs> research, uh, and and I think it was Daniel Gold that put it in the uh, in in one of the Facebook forums. Since beating us four two at home, um, Forest Green have only won two games in their past nineteen. That was Macclesfield, who then went and beat them at home in the, in their return fixture, and Mansfield away four three. They lost last week one 0 uh, to Scunthorpe. So Mark Cooper, to be fair, is under enormous pressure, having got off to a win really there, good start. We? <laughs> just, well, I didn't <laughs> want to say that, but yeah, they are dual win, and hopefully, it's not it's not with us. And comparatively, we've won four games in that time. That's Cambridge away three two, Newport at home two one, Stevenage away three 0 and Mansfield at home two one. And we've also drawn seven games. So of eleven of nineteen, you know, we've we've not lost anywhere near.
3: No, I think I think this weekend is definitely a win a winnable game. Um, Like I said, if we needed anything else to put on the game, just go back to that game we lost 4-2 and what happened and what was reported to happen, allegedly. Mm. Um, But, you know, it is what it is and maybe we can outrun them if we have a few pasties before the game.
0: (laughs) (laughs) it will be quite an easy team talk, you'd imagine, for Ross to get the boys pumped for this
3: one.
1: Yeah. I, I don't think that's going to be a difficult Just challenge. Just like Ross controls himself. <laughs> He'll be fine. I think I think Ross will be absolutely fine. He's spoken at, at some length about that. And uh, I think from that perspective, he knows what's... You know, the, the, the eyes of the world will be on him, uh, I guess, so to speak. But in terms of your sort of thoughts of where we might end up and the expectations for the rest of the season.
3: Um, it could be quite easy, uh, The you know, for the players to set their foot off the pedal. Um, I'm going to guess... Uh, maybe Steve can correct me on this that around this time they're going to start letting players that are out of contract know that they're going to be out of contract because we're quite safe uh, touch wood um, but uh, mathematically it's not mathematically, impossible mathematically it's not impossible realistically, you know, we, we, we realistically we, we'll end up around 14th, 15th I think um, in the current form but you know there are other teams are in the same place you know and we could get a few nice wins remember when justin took over we were in a very bad spot you know we had that situation where we were around 20th in the national league 21st at the end of that season we were we we got ahead of steam up and we went into the next season we we really did the business got promoted so whilst i don't think that's going to possibly happen next year we've really got to use this to kind of like flush out the players that want to play for the club, who want a contract, who want to get lead to Savvy and kind of like be part of it next year. Four or five players next year, I think we'll be looking positive.
0: I think Ross has mentioned that he wants to end the season with a positive goal difference and if he can do that, he'll be happy. So coming from a base of minus nine, I think if we do end up with an
3: as close to zero or
1: a or positive, zero or one, figure,
3: yeah. that'll be a that would be a decent return. You I know, think. Connor Wilkinson gets a couple of goals. Leanne Gold gets a couple of goals. Danny Johnson gets a couple of goals. In that time, they go into next season with a, a different mindset. A couple of more additions, you know, we'll we'll be looking good. So on Saturday, who would you like the three up front to be?
2: Obviously,
3: uh, I would like Brophy, Johnson um, and Dayton. As the forward three?
2: Yeah, well, we were away front, from home. See. I'd
3: like to play three in midfield. Obviously, so with Clay uh, and Wright. Um, because I think that's the calmness that we need in midfield. The back four that we've got at the moment, uh, we would have some playing left back instead of Brophy. I just think that goes to a four-five-one away from home. I think Brophy's obviously got defensive tendencies that Jordan Maguire Drew doesn't have. Um, but going forward again, Brophy at times maybe his final ball isn't as good as Jordan Maguire Drew, but he, he he scares the hell out of right backs when he's got the, when his uh, confidence yeah, is up, you know. And I think he, when he's thinking about defending. You know, he's got a bit angry as well recently, which I like to see about him. You know, he's, he's got a bit tougher. So you know, that that's the way I would play it four five one with a, a four five one four three three. In the mm. way you look at it, it depends on where we're attacking. It's what what stage of the game we're at.
1: Paul, yeah, I, I'm inclined to agree. Um, Widdison at left back, and I think uh, I think uh, you know. Brophy would, would probably take a spot as well with, with James Dayton I'd like to see them have a go, Oos and, and, and Craig, and uh, and seeing what maybe Danny Johnson or Royal Satori can do. Uh, there'll be an interlink there. I don't know exactly how that would work out against... Because obviously you've got to remember that Forest Green are also going to be putting 11 men on that pitch to stop us doing what we're doing and win the football game themselves. So it's not necessarily going to be that that easy. So from, from our perspective, it's all well and good. We can sit here and hypothesise and all that. Um, but, but they're going to be trying to stop us and there's going to be a certain Ebu Adams that's probably going to have a little bit more of a, a dictation on the game than what, what we'd like.
0: So let's go around then, let's go around and we have some score predictions for Saturday. Mr
1: Foster.
2: 2-1 win. Yes, I
0: like it. Yeah. Mr Levy. I'll go
1: with 2-1 win as well. Mr I'm
3: Parks. Gonna, I'm going to go with uh, Forest Green 1 with Ebu Adams scoring first, Lake Norent 3.
0: Oh. Mr Gilson.
1: 1-1. 1-1. Oh, sitting on the fence.
3: In the corner.
0: 3 0. To who?
1: Leeds. To Orient. <laughs> I like <laughs> it. Nil.
0: And I'll go for a 1 0. Danny Johnson, Fox in the box. Fine. Good. That rounds up this week then.
1: That is it. Yes, thank you very much indeed. Uh, Steve, thanks for joining us this week and giving no us problem. some valuable insight. Much appreciated. Adam, thank you as pleasure. well for coming on and joining us and giving your your views as well. The Orient Hour returns as normal on Phoenix 98FM next Thursday night at 7 o'clock. Your hosts for that, Steve tongue Trevor Singfield, Lee Boyce, joined by Adam Francis and former Orient player Alan Comfort. So make sure you're listening. Thanks for joining us tonight. Have a good evening. Up the O's. On the hour, across Brentwood and Billericay, this is Fiendish.